entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, the Eagles live to play another day with their overtime win against the Giants. They control their own destiny. The Phillies made another splash, signing D.D. Gregorius. The Sixers keep rolling along with 11 of 13. We've got the legendary voice of the Flyers, Lou Nolan, with us tonight. And the only kicker to ever kick what we're going to call a walk-off game-winning field goal, actually 12 seconds left, in the 119 years of the Army-Navy Classic, Pat Man Malcolm joining us tonight. Could there be anything else going on in Philly sports? <laughs> Sounds like we do have quite a bit to talk about, Bill. We should also mention two other hoops notes. Ben Simmons hit another three over the weekend. And my Penn State Nittany Lions knocked off those previously unbeaten Maryland Terps Tuesday night. Just saying. Well, did you throw that out there just for Denny Malloy that uh, the Terps <laughs> went down? Go ahead. Go ahead and take the jab. Yeah, I love to get Denny ticked off, so absolutely. <laughs> we, let's talk Eagles real quick before we get to uh, the Flyers and Lou. Uh, we'll get back to that later. Have you recovered from that overtime win with the Giants? Do you feel any better about the team's playoff chances now? <laughs> Not necessarily. Reminiscent of the season opening win against the Redskins. Ugly first half, then a great second half with Carson Wentz connecting on some big plays with guys named Ward, Perkins, and Orsega Whiteside along the way. They got the W, and yeah, their playoff prospects are certainly there for the taking now, but it's still tough to feel real good about this team given the inconsistencies and the barrage of injuries and, you know, the chance of them trying to run the table. I mean, you, even, I don't care who the opponent is. I just have a tough time imagining this team winning four games in a row. Yeah, well, and, you know, I find that the game was really interesting to me, Chet, because with all the names that you mentioned, not regular players, the, um, the up-tempo that the Eagles went to, and guess what? All of a sudden, passes are on target. Receivers are catching the ball, running right routes. Nobody's making penalties. All of a sudden, things start clicking with a bunch of guys who look like the practice squad. Yeah, what a difference. And, boy, Boston Scott's gone gone from, you know, a nobody to an instant celebrity over the past few days. He's got an appearance coming up somewhere. And, uh, I mean, he did look like a young Darren Sproles in that game. So, uh, hopefully they'll use him again some more this weekend, and hopefully he'll do the job again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they're going to have to. I mean, they're down on bodies, and now it's uh, Wednesday, and, haven't heard about a whole lot of signings coming from uh, from free agency or anything like that. So I think they're going to go into Washington uh, pretty much with what you have. If you're not practicing by Wednesday, you're probably not playing. So um, I, I don't think you're going to see much different personnel-wise than what we've got now. Yeah, and as disappointing a season as Nelson Aguilar has had, they really need him to get healthy soon. But it doesn't sound like he knows what his status is. He said it's getting better, but it hasn't really changed much. I, it was, he gave some kind of conflicting statement today. So, I don't know. We'll see if Nelson's ready to go. But otherwise, it's got to be Greg Ward and, you know, the Perkins dude and whoever else they can throw out there and hope for the best. Yep. Well, let's talk some Flyers, Chad. And uh, there's nobody to talk Flyers hockey with any more than legendary PA voice 
Lou Nolan. Lou, welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio. We got a PA guy here. Oh, right, we okay, got now, you got guys. me now, guys? There you are, Lou. You know all about the microphone thing. We just forgot to hit the button. I'll take the blame for that. that Hello, that Lou. me once in a while. <laughs> then all the guys in my ear explode and tell me, Mike, Mike. So. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Always. Hey, good to be all here, right. guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, Lou. Yeah, your third visit with us, and we will be sure to talk a bit more about your terrific book, If These Walls Could Talk, a great holiday gift for all Flyers fans, by the way. But uh, first, this, this season's team, 30 games in, is 17-8-5. I know they have some injury concerns, but is this team for real? I think so, and uh, a lot of it has to do with the, the structure that's been put in by, uh, by the coaches and the method that they use to, uh, to run practices and prepare players and have people ready to go. There's not a lot of time wasted, uh, uh, either at practices or anything like that. They, uh, where, where some coaches, you know, they pull the board out and tell the guys what they want them to do, and then the guys go and do it. They know what they're going to do before they hit the ice. And um, it's, it's a very spirited, and, and the practices are, uh, are um, what can I say, uh, uh, spirited is the word, I guess. Uh, they, okay. The guys are working hard. Well, hey, Lou, I, I say this, uh, I've said this since the beginning of the season, and, I, and as it's played out, I don't want to take anything away from how well Brian Elliott's playing, but I feel like every time Carter Hart's in the pipes, they have a chance to win, and it, it almost feels like they play that way. Like like watching Steve Carlton pitch back in the day, he got a chance to win. It's win day. Yeah, I saw a lefty pitch a few times, and you knew you had a shot. Uh, I, I think you're right. Um, I think that the uh, – the players understand that if they do screw something up, that uh, Hart's there in position. Uh, you know, and it's funny he doesn't he doesn't have to make spectacular saves because he's in position to make the normal save. Uh, he um, he sees the puck very well. I, I I for the life of me don't know how these goalies see this puck through the through the group of people that are standing in front of them. I mean, they just probably yeah. get in the right spot and it hits them. It hits them. And then they make these fantastic glove saves. So uh, you're right on with that. Uh, the guys feel good about Hart. And, you know, uh, Moose has been doing pretty good, too. So uh, all you can say is that the goalie tandem looks real good here. Hey, Lou, Travis Konechny's out with a concussion. Not sure for how long, of course. He's the team's leading scorer, 11 goals, 17 assists. And now their other 11-goal scorer, Oscar Lindblom, is going to miss at least the first part of this road trip. A couple of pretty big losses right there. You're absolutely right. And, you know, uh, plugging in uh, uh, Chris Stewart into the lineup is one thing. Uh, depends on where you're going to play him. But, uh, you know, now Oscar's out, and, and Oscar's a really good player. Uh, he has good defensive responsibilities, and, and he puts the puck in the net besides. And um, he's uh, it's, it's a good young kid, so uh, that, that's going to hurt a little bit. Uh, but they brought up a guy named David Cassay from Allentown, uh, who had played in the Swedish Elite League with draft choice a couple of years ago when he's played over in Sweden. So uh, he's used to playing with uh, with better players. We'll see. They might need to use him. Hey, Lou, how do you see, uh, the, you know, with connecting really and Limblom both actually, and a lot of these young guys stepping up a good bit, uh, Claude Giroux uh, still hold the leadership on this team? Is he still the, the, the guy that they go to and uh, – is he as good a captain as I've always thought he was? Yes, uh, in all respects. Uh, he leads uh, in, a, in, a, in a performance way. 
when there's a big goal that seems to be needed, he looks like the guy that's going to finish up. And, uh, you know, Konecki put a great pass out in front of him the other day that he just banged in. But he, they know, he knows where to go. He knows where to be. And um, he's on the power play, you know, on the left side. Uh, he's strong. They're, they're, I myself I, I personally think they pass a little bit too much uh, before banging it in there. But uh, uh, I, uh, I, I feel Giroud, to answer your question, uh, is still the force and is, uh, is still a good captain. Hey, Lou, I, I said this last, I think it was last week or the week before here on the show, that I, I think Giroux's a Hall of Famer. Are you, you on board with that, or am I a little too optimistic there? Well, I think you look at some of the stats, uh, and you look at who's been the great players uh, over periods of time. I mean, he's right up there with the top four or five forwards, uh, maybe in the last six, seven years. I don't, I don't remember what the stat is. I'm not a real good stat guy. But... Uh, yeah, I would think he would be uh, uh, good consideration for it. That's for sure. Uh, he does everything that we need him to do. He plays in every situation. You know, he's killing penalties. He's on the power play. He's playing a strong first line. So um, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think he is a candidate. And, um, you know, we'll see. It, uh, hopefully it's not a political thing anywhere. It, it always could be with those halls of fame. But um, I agree. I think that uh, G. Uh, before he ends his career, uh, will you put up even more impressive stats and add to his stat list? Lou, have you gotten to know Coach Elaine Vigneault better since his arrival? He seems to have certainly made a real difference with this team. Well, he has made a real difference. Uh, the organization is one uh, one thing for sure. Uh, the um, uh, he's transparent. He doesn't pull any punches with the guys. If they're not yep. going to play, they know why they're not going to play. And, uh, you know, they've got to work their way back into it. Um, I've met him a couple times before he came here and just had a chance to say hello. Uh, but I didn't really get to know him very well. Uh, I don't usually make practice over there and uh, both spend the time trying to do that. So, uh, I mean, before long, we'll, uh, we'll wind up somewhere sitting next to each other for an hour or so uh, on a trip somewhere. But, um, you know, at this point, I know his reputation. I know what a great coach he is. And I think, uh, you know, to, to coin a phrase that one of the executives mentioned the other day, they think they hit a home run with him. It, it sure looks it. Hey, Lou, Ivan Provorov, um, he, coming off of a not-so-good season last year, playing like a top-rate defenseman at least through 30 games this year. Uh, how, how do you see his improvement as, as well as it looks? Uh, yes, I think that he's uh, back on track. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, being paired up with uh, Niskanen uh, and uh, Matt Niskanen, and you know he he uh, uh, he just knows that if he goes with the puck, that uh, Niskanen's going to see that and he's going to be back. It's not like one guy's going to get caught and he's going to go, and then there's you know then there's a two on one or a three on two. Um, they rotate pretty well. The Flyers rotate pretty well when defensemen go, and I think his game is to go. I mean, the other day he scored a spectacular goal, uh, you know, yep. to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, good lord, you know, and they, they work together. All the guys in the bench are yelling, you know, forward, 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 meaning he's coming up and a forward is skating backward, and uh, they're not used to that. So uh, he decided to use a little kick with his one skate to another and get it in front of him, and bang. Spectacular goal. Goal of the year. 
Well, Provorov's still a young guy, but I want to ask you about a couple of even younger guys. Morgan Frost and Joel Farabee are both getting a decent amount of playing time. Lots of potential for both of those guys. Now, Frost scored goals in his first couple of games, but nothing over the last eight. Farabee, too, has been inconsistent. I guess as rookies, they're going to have their ups and downs. Yes, uh, they are. And um, uh, it's it's a situation where uh, they're both coming right out of uh, out of junior and playing. Uh, and that's, that's a major, major step to be to be playing, you know, you play a few games in the American League and you wind up with the guys in the best league in the world. I mean, that's a major step. So if you're fortunate and you pop a couple of goals early, uh, everybody loves it, but you can't expect it, you know, to, to go on and score 35 goals uh, in this kind of a situation. I think they're both going to be very, very good players. Uh, they seem to think that um, Farabee has a much better 200-foot uh, game uh, but uh, that's to be decided, you know. They they work on that thing, and, and they, they want them to be good offensive players, but they also, at the same time, don't want them to uh, forget about their defensive responsibilities. So uh, I like both of them. I mean, they're both good. They're going to be here. And um, uh, for many, many years to come, I suspect. Hey, our, our buddy Bill Melser just posted uh, the lines for tonight. He's got they have Couturier between Giroux and Voracek on the first line, Frost centering up JVR and Pitlick on the third line. Uh, so they're mixing it up a little bit tonight, I guess, with these injuries. Yeah, I think that uh, w- wherever the injury occurred to Lindblom, uh, that made everything shuffle. Uh, I did not see that posting. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm out to dinner, and I just came out uh, to uh, to make sure that I, I got in touch with you guys. But uh, I mean, it's uh, you're talking about a line that's uh, pretty powerful going number one, and, and Jake's been going okay. Uh, and you know, all of a sudden, Pitlick finds himself uh, on the third line when he was skating with the first line, and he has the attitude to, to take care of that because uh, he's a professional. Uh, been around, played played for a couple of years, had some good years, and. Um, who knows, you know? I don't know how much the fourth line is going to get an opportunity to play, but uh, Vigneault likes to play four lines. Uh, depends on matchups, you know? We're in the alien territory, and they get the last change. Hmm. Right, well, last Saturday, have, uh, let me jump in there right quick, yeah. Chad. That fourth line, he's got uh, Bayev, Case, and Stewart on the fourth line. Hayes, Farabee, and Lawton on the second line. Hayes, Farabee, and Lawton. Well, look. <laughs> Uh, Farabee's doing well. Hayes has done very well lately. But Lawton has been probably the most valuable flyer in the last uh, three to four games. So, I mean, he is just one whale of a player. Um, I like the guy a lot. And, um, you know, Stewart, uh, uh, his value will, will come up at certain times, I guess especially next time we play Ottawa. And, um, you know, for Obiev, Kasse, you know, they'll, they'll play and uh, you see what happens at, you know, you wonder how much he plays him in the third period. That's the big thing if you watch that. Uh, you know, when the third period comes along, he shortens it up a little bit. And uh, if uh, it's a situation where, uh, you know, uh, we have a couple-goal lead, uh, you might see that, that fourth line out there. But I would be surprised very much if the yeah. fourth line plays a lot. Lou, speaking of Ottawa, last Saturday's game had some rough stuff, some fighting, some cheap shots. We don't see that nearly as much anymore in today's game. Do you enjoy seeing that every once in a while or not? 
Uh, not the cheap shots. I like right. the, the rough games, uh, but uh, I don't like the cheap shots. You know, the, the hit was a good hit. I mean, you think about the hits that Gudis laid on guys when, when Goody played here, and uh, he got a rep, and because of that, you know, you make a hit like that, you're suspending you for a few games. But it was a good hit from what I could see. And um, I'm talking to others, although the players don't like the idea of, you know, somebody with their head down, especially a smaller guy, your leading scorer, yeah. you know, catching a big body like Borovetsky, uh, who is, is a, as a – he's tough. He's a tough guy. But the game itself has changed a lot, um, and um, it's, it's intentional. Uh, fighting is uh, something that doesn't happen very much. Uh, I like strong checking. I'm not in favor of the, the way the last few years they've called hooking, when as soon as you get your stick vertical and somebody, I mean, you're not really hooking anybody. You're just putting a stick in, in the middle of them. Uh, I, I don't care for that. But, uh, you know, I like old-time hockey. I'm an old-time guy. Yeah, I hear you. All right, Lou. Uh, we first talked to you just about two years ago, shortly after the release of the book that you wrote with our buddy Sam Carcitti, If These Walls Could Talk, Philadelphia Flyers. I loved it. You know that. You saw my little review. And I'm pretty sure every Flyers fan who's read it also loved it. Tell us again what kind of stuff fans will find in that book. Well, uh, it encompasses uh, over 50 years of Flyers. Sam likes to say from Parat to Provorov uh, hmm. in, in, in using that. Uh, little stories that you might not know about. Uh, and uh, uh, just experiences that I've had with different players, with coaches, and um, just enjoying my time. Uh, it's, uh, it's an compilation of, uh, of all the years I've had with the Flyers going right up to, let's say, uh, last year. And, um, boy, we had a great time writing it. We just had a blast. And uh, I'm sure glad that uh, Sam – was able to put all those words that we, we put on tape together to have it make some sense. <laughs> God bless writers. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. But, but, you know, I mean, it's a great thing for a hockey fan. Uh, and, uh, you know, pick it up on Amazon or probably one of the bookstores. But uh, it's, uh, it's a good opportunity to uh, see a few inside things, so to speak. And a good Christmas gift, as I said. Yes. Yep. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you, Louis. Are those two the best places the local bookstores here around town have them, and, and they can get it on Amazon if they if they want, right? Yeah, I, I would say that uh, you're probably better off on Amazon only because, uh, you know, when when a book is uh, is over a year, it's getting replaced with other things, like, you know, right. Sam's new book uh, yeah. and, with Wayne Fish, which is a good one, by the way. And... Um, uh, and, you know, it's, it, things replace things. The sports are so many now. So you're probably better off just to pick it up on Amazon and come see me at the game if you want to get it signed, and I'd be happy to do it. There you go. Fantastic. Well, Lou, we appreciate you uh, joining us and stepping out for dinner. Get on back to it, and uh, best of luck, and have a happy holidays. Uh, and the same thing to, to you, uh, both of you. So uh, enjoy it. I know you enjoy life. I know you enjoy sports. And I hope we get all kinds of good things happening tonight with our Flyers. Uh, I appreciate the chance to be on. All Thanks, right. Lou. Thanks much, Lou. You're welcome. Always nice to talk to our friend from the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, bar manager Chris Gaskell. Hello, Chris. Hey, 
Chet. Happy holidays. To you as well, Chris. The holidays are a busy time, of course, for everybody. But the last few weeks, I've been recommending that people take a break from all the mayhem and pop into the Irish Rover for a delicious meal or one of your two dozen beers that are always on tap. And you have something coming up on Thursday the 19th. That's a great annual event. Tell us about it. Yes, this is our ugly sweater party. So we like to kind of like cut loose and take a break when it gets close to the holiday season. You come in at 7 o'clock with your ugliest sweater. We have prizes for the ugliest, of course. We have some fun Christmas games to play, and Miller Lite is our sponsor. So they have a bunch of Miller Lite ugly sweaters to give away, koozies, all kinds of cool stuff. It's a really good time. Yeah, I'll be sure to wear my finest ugly sweater, and we'll see you there on the 19th, Chris. Sounds great. Thanks, Chet. Happy holidays to everybody at the Irish Rover, which is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. Find them on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Why, thanks, Merrill. Hey, Chet. I was going to say I didn't. I had not heard your uh, your piece there with uh, Chris, but I was going to say, how many times are you going to walk in and out with ugly sweaters since you have a whole closet full of them? I do have a little collection, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take a couple. Uh, I'll be like Cher, and I'll change every you know 20 minutes. There you go. <laughs> what the well, heck? Well, hey, Chet, the Phillies made a splash last week with the Zach Wheeler signing. Now this week it's D.D. Gregorius is in the fold. Uh, they're not done yet, I don't think. They've got to do something with Gene Segura, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're not done yet, but it doesn't sound like they're going to make any more major moves. They did get one pitcher, but they could still use another one. We don't know. We know now that it won't be Steven Strasburg or Garrett Cole. Strasburg, of course, staying with the Nats. Cole signing that crazy nine-year, $36 million-a-year deal with the Yankees. And the Phils did get uh, De Gregorius, the ex-Yankee, on a one-year contract, which does make you wonder about Segura. Does he move to second? Does he move to third? Or does he get traded? He's not going to play short because that's going to be uh, Gregorius. So uh, I think if they don't move him, Segura is going to go to second, and Kingley's going to start the season at third. That's my guess. I don't think they want to have Bohm start the season uh, just yet. But uh, definitely some more moves to come. I just don't think they're going to be major ones. And you know, I hope you think uh, that I think you're wrong, or I hope you're wrong on Ball. So yeah, we'll see about I know. That. I know. You, you know, it's, it, this is, is an interesting situation, I think, because with Gregorius and a one-year deal, um, you know, he's on a recovery year here, and it's going to be a contract year. So you can expect a lot, but if, also if he has a great year, he's going to try to get paid next year, and then you're without a big league shortstop. So uh, if you have Segura still around, if he's playing another position, next year he goes back to shortstop if you lose Gregorius. So that could play into it as well, unless there's somebody on the farm that can play shortstop, and I don't think there is one at this point. Yeah, and by the way, uh, from what I understand, Clintac told one of the writers the other day that he's probably going to have Hazley start in center field, at least to begin the year. So, you know, again, barring any moves, it's going to be Hazley in center, McCutcheon in left, and, of course, Mr. Harper in right. Yeah, well, you know what? I really liked Hazley, and I think he's only going to get better. He's just a young kid, and uh, he got a good taste of the big leagues. I, th- I thought he played pretty well, so and only going to get better from here. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but I would love to see them get another, like, number four starter or somebody because I'm just not confident going in there with, you know, the Vinny Velasquez and Pavetas and those guys. So we'll see. And who knows what Arietta's going to be like now. Uh, this has got to be his last year, probably in baseball, not just with the Phillies. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, the the pickings are thin now. You're getting down into guys that you're going to have to pay a lot of money for maybe to be a four or five starter and just not sure you're upgrading a whole lot. Even though the guys that we had didn't do very well, it's, it's tough to upgrade from a little to a little more. Yeah, certainly the one through eight, though, looks better than it did last year. And, you know, just the addition of Wheeler will certainly help the starting pitching. And you you got to hope, again, this year, that one of those other guys steps up and is consistent. Maybe Zach Eflin. He showed some signs of it last year in a couple of different stretches. So maybe Eflin will be that solid number three guy. Maybe Arietta does, you know, dial it up for one more good year. We'll see. We can hope. You bet. Wait, well, hey, let's get back to the Eagles for just a second, Chef, because there's one po- one thing I want to point out that I have not heard from anybody this week, but I'm, I'm going to throw this out at you. From Doug Peterson's standpoint, I think what he did on in that game was second to none. I mean, you know, you have game plans and you have other game plans, you have backup game plans. Never do you have a game plan where you only have one wide receiver and three tight ends on your roster and they're putting together a second half offense with you know with that personnel and you got 40 seconds to call plays and they have to be plays that people know how to do and execute I think what they did was just phenomenal yeah yeah it was poor planning though to go in with just the three receivers they were I guess hoping that Aguilar would be ready he was not and the first half, as I said, was ugly, but they did somehow pull it together at halftime, and the second half looked a whole lot better. Greg Ward made some plays. Uh, Perkins uh, came out of nowhere. You know, he used to, he got a little bit of playing time last year, but this is the first I remember seeing him this year. He made some plays. So I don't know what it's going to be this weekend, but uh, God bless you, Dougie. Get it done. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't get the why you went into the game with three receivers either. Yeah. So I agree with you on that part, but how they, how they figured it out in the second half, and you're figuring this out on the fly. You got to call play every 40 seconds. It's not like you can go sit and think about this. You got to call plays that people can execute. They did. Wentz did his job. The uh, as we said earlier, uh, they caught the ball. They got first downs. They made big plays and they didn't get penalties and ended up beating the team that they should have beat. But right. you know what? It's not a beauty pageant. It's, a, it's wins and losses. Yep, and uh, it was even more or more quickly than every 40 seconds because they were doing more up-tempo stuff in the second half, which yep. I think really helped the offense. So that was good to see. Let's see more of that this weekend, and let's see more of Boston Scott too. Yeah, well, I think you'll see a lot of – well, they, and they also had him and Miles Sanders on the field at the same time. Uh, which that was tricky, and they ended up making plays with them both uh, both on the field, doing different things. Yep, and uh, Ortega Whiteside, by the way, should be okay to go this week. He just had a little cramping, apparently, at the end of the game on Monday night. So hopefully they'll get a little more out of him. At least he caught a couple of passes this past week. And uh, got to beat those Redskins. Yep, I saw where Jordan Matthews signed uh, with somebody, so he's not even Fran, a yeah. chance to bring back. So yeah, back uh, him and Matt Collins both have jobs, go figure. <laughs> I know. Slim pickings around the NFL, apparently. You know it. Well, hey, Chet, did you know that 56% of Americans have no idea how much they'll need to retire? If that sounds like you, you need to talk to Dave LaVoy from Allstate and Westchester, PA. 
Yeah, the same person you count on to help protect you can also help you set a reasonable retirement goal and then show you the right financial solutions to help get you there. A good plan and a good life starts with someone you trust. Call Allstate agent Dave Lavoy in Westchester. Westchester, PA, that is, 610-430-0700, and start planning for your retirement today. Again, the number is 610-430-0700. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm really looking forward to this Sunday's game against the Redskins. They've been playing a little bit better lately, but, uh, you know, it's a team that you still should beat. I know the Eagles are only favored by, what, four and a half points or whatever, and that's that makes sense given the fact they were eight and a half point favorites to beat the Giants, and they looked awful and managed to pull it out, you know, in overtime by six. So Washington is not awful. They got a young quarterback who's been playing a little better of late. Uh, the defense has been playing a little better, and you know there's going to be a whole lot of Eagles fans down there because the Redskins – fans it's not like the old days where you know they owned that whole area now you can get a redskins ticket i'm thinking pretty cheap and there's going to be a ton of eagles fans down there so i know they'll be out in force and we got to see another good game from carson wentz because i i think he can build on what he did in the second half seth joiner said it's probably going to be a real turning point for carson wentz and we hope that is the case certainly uh, no word on whether Jordan Howard is going to be back, but Miles Sanders should be fine. Boston Scott, we know, now can play in the NFL. He's the former Saint that the Eagles picked up during the season last year, uh, played little special teams, and now he's actually getting some work and doing quite well with it. Hey, Ted, I want to tell you, some friends of mine bought tickets for the Redskins game about five weeks ago. $20. Cheap. Yeah. $20. Yeah, that's what I heard. So, like that's what said, I heard. There's going to be a load of there's going to be a load of Eagles fans down there. Hope they're not as disappointed as as we were when we went to Miami a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I know, I know. And the Eagles certainly are in no position to look past this opponent with the season they've had. I know they have the Dallas game coming up the following week, but you cannot take the Redskins or anybody in this league for granted. The Eagles should have learned that based on what's happened the last couple of weeks. That's right. Well, hey, we're trying to get a hold of Pat, man. Uh, just so the listeners know, uh, this isn't an easy hookup. He is in Dublin, Ireland, and it's about 1230 in the morning over there. So uh, he still wanted to come on with us, even though he was uh, he was out of the country. So hoping uh, maybe he didn't fall asleep or whatever, but ho- hopefully we get him. And uh, You know, Chad, as I said, uh, you know I'm a huge Army-Navy fan. We talk about this every year, and uh, – it's really cool that Pat is the only guy, as we said, to what we're going to call a walk-off. Uh, with 12 seconds to go, he kicked a field goal, uh, and then his team was off size 44-yarder, and turned around and had to kick another one at 49 yards to win. Yeah, and he got it done. So we'll talk to him about that, hopefully. Yep. All right. So the deal is, it is Christmas season. I don't know if you know this, folks, but Christmas is two weeks from today. Yeah, it's December 11th, Christmas, of course, the 25th. And we all have a good sale, and this is a great one. Now through Christmas, we are selling our Philly Press Box Radio T-shirts, those we have in stock at our cost. The shirts with a green logo are available in unisex sizes, medium through 3XL, and you can choose from regular $10 or dry fit for $12. And that's five bucks off the price that we had been charging since last spring when we got them. Add two bucks if you need two XL or three XL sizes. 
Regular material shirts are cotton polyester, while dry fit are 100% polyester. Our green logo is on the front, and our sponsor's logo is on the back. You can choose from green, gray, or black background and specify whether you want regular material or dry fit. If you need them shipped, add $7 for one or $10 if ordering two. They do make a great gift for a Philly sports fan. Again, just 10 bucks for the regular material, $12 for dry fit. Add a couple of bucks for 2XL or 3XL. We do have a few red logo shirts still also. The sale, though, limited to what we do have in stock. Message one of us, Bill Furman, or me, Jim Chechesko, in case you've forgotten who I was, when you're ready to order. Or you can go to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, and click on the Contact Us tab in the upper right-hand corner, and we'll see that message, that note, and we'll get you all set up for the holidays with the shirt of your choice. We still have a, a good amount of them in stock, so hopefully we'll have exactly what you want. Boy, Chad, I did not get a hold of Patman, so I don't know if he is going to call in or not, because it rang through to his voicemail, so maybe he is sleeping. But hey, in the meantime, oh, no. let's talk Sixers, Chet. 11 out of 13 now, and they're rolling, but they've got those Boston Celtics coming up next. Yeah, this is a tough week for them. They, of course, had uh, the game against Toronto the other day, and now or Denver, yeah, now the Celtics coming up. So, not an easy role. The Celtics have been playing, I think, a lot better than a lot of people thought. And meanwhile, the Sixers just keep rolling along. They've won 11 out of their last 13. They are 13-0 and at home, Bill. And I think they've been playing reasonably well. I mean, there's occasionally problems with closing out games. There's occasional problems with turnovers, including Joel Embiid. And speaking of Joel, did you hear Charles and Shaq, or maybe hear about it at least, kind of criticizing Embiid last night after a win, saying he's still not doing enough. You know, 22 points and 14 boards, not enough. He's got to do more than that. I think that's kind of unfair. Well, actually, I was going to hit you up with that next and ask you (laughs) if you heard it. Uh, You know, I don't know what – what you can expect from Embiid, but I think the, the my takeaway from that seemed to be not so much uh, greatness as a player, but effort. I, I think they were questioning his effort every night. Yeah, and uh, I think that is the case. But the other thing is, what the Sixers are doing is they're kind of monitoring Embiid's minutes. They are down from last year at this point in the season, and they're basically just trying to win games while at the same time, keeping him healthy and in good shape for the playoffs because the playoffs are what it's all about. So I see what they're trying to do. And like players in any sport, you're going to take not nights off, but plays off where you just can't go 100% all the time. And you just got to kind of pick your spots. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty sure Shaq and even Charles did that at times in their careers. So that's why I'm saying it was kind of unfair to pick on Embiid last night. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, um, you know, the thing about Embiid, though, he's the kind of guy, he seems to be the kind of guy that will take that to heart and only get better. I, you know, I think he wants to be Shaq and Charles Barkley and be in the Hall of Fame, that kind of player. So maybe he takes that and, uh, you know, I guess statistically you look at 22 points a game and you think, well, he's better than that. should be at 30 points a game. But he doesn't play that much. Yeah, I, I think he's doing all right. And uh, and there's Ben Simmons, who, again, looks really, really good some of the time and some of the time not as good, but 
I mean, he really lit it up. I guess it was uh, in the game Saturday uh, when he had 35 points or whatever, a career high, as well as assists and rebounds and made his second three of the season, putting the crowd into a frenzy again. So I'd like to see more of that. And what I really liked was hearing Brett Brown rather say he wants to see Simmons take a three every game. Now, of course, Simmons didn't either of the next couple of games, but he's kind of putting that challenge out there, and I really would like to see Simmons take him up on that. Well, yeah. I, you know, I think we all agree. If he can get that outside game going, he becomes, instead of a good player or a great player, becomes a superstar player. He he certainly raises the game when he's there. You know, the other thing about Simmons, though, Chad, I think if we talked about this the last couple of years, you know, where he's a nightly triple-double waiting to happen. And this year, only 14.7 rebounds, 8.5 assists. That's way down from what he's been the last couple of years, numbers-wise. Yeah, it is down. That's a bit of a concern. So I don't know if it's just the different makeup of the team or what. Uh, you know, Josh Richardson handles the ball some of the time. He's back in the lineup now. But uh, I'm not overly worried about Simmons on that aspect. I still want to see him shoot a little more, though. But then there's Matisse Thibel, and uh, boy, has he developed over the last few weeks. He's still playing great defense, and he's shooting the three ball great, up near 50% over the last couple of weeks shooting the three. And uh, he looks really confident, Dune. Looks like he's a seasoned pro already. I think that's where the four years of college really came into play, made him a little more mature right away, and he's looking like a pro already here in his first year as a pro. Well, yeah, and I, I think uh, they have to be happy with what they're getting from Corkmouse so far. And I, and But I think the way I would see that going is they're going to switch as as Thibault continues to get better. Thibault will take those Corkmouse minutes away and he's going to be up there as the number one guy off the bench before long. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the fans are not real thrilled with Cork Maz anyway, so I think they'd be happy about that. But Brett Brown seems to be a Furkan fan. So uh, we'll keep him in there for a little while. But, yeah, I do want to see more and more of Thibault and a little less of Cork Maz. No, I don't think Cork Maz has played bad. Do you, do you think so? No, not, not terrible. But I just think he, he's getting more playing time than he deserves. Well, somebody got to get it, and the young guys have to develop. So, uh, I, I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Hey, even though uh, we don't seem to have Pat, uh, we do want to mention the fact that the Army Navy game is this weekend. Uh, I think Army's won the last three. Navy still leads the overall series. How many Army Navy ga- Navy games have you been to, Bill? Oh, six. I think six about. Okay. I, okay. I remember one I went to was like 1969 at JFK. Wow. That was the first one I went to as a, just a, just a lad. And I think that's I remember. probably why I fell in love with the game. Yeah, I remember we talked about it probably our first or second year doing the show. So, you know, maybe five years ago, you were telling me how much you enjoyed it and how everybody's got to get there. And I still haven't made it. And one of these years, I hope that I will because you tell me, you know, just all the pageantry and uh, you know, everybody who's there in the game itself. So, yeah, uh, I'm sure you'll be watching this weekend. I will. I will. Well, hey, Chad, I wanted, to, I wanted to hit you on another college football thing. What do you think about the Penn State and Nittany Lions ending up in the Cotton Bowl against Memphis, whose staff has already bailed on them to go <laughs> to Florida State? Um, 
the Nittany Lion faithful are not real happy about this, thinking that they were going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, they thought they were going to the Rose Bowl, playing on New Year's Day. Didn't happen. Uh, yeah, what are you going to do? You can't get excited about playing Memphis in the situation that you described. So it is what it is. I guess that's, uh, what, a Friday game, the 28th? So, oh, well. We'll watch no, it I anyway. No, I think it's Saturday the 29th, I believe. Oh, I is think it? it's the 29th. Okay. But they're doing that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still considered a New Year's Six Bowl. It's a, it's a big bowl. But the okay. days are all messed up because of uh, New Year's being on Wednesday. They've done a lot of things differently this year because of ah. and, okay. and wrapping it around uh, wrapping it around the the NFL on Sunday. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. But that's why okay, it's yes. that way. I had the date wrong. Saturday is the 28th, so I just had the day of the week mixed up. Yeah, Saturday is the 28th, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to watch that. Yeah. Absolutely. Go All lines. right. Well, hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to the PPCC 118 Grass Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. There are only 21 lines available, so your chances of winning are 1 in 21. Pretty good odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And Chet, just, uh, they just gave away right before the show a Nick Foles autograph piece, and those are hard to come by. You know, I saw that, and uh, like our pal Denny, I didn't see it when it originally went up because I probably would have even gotten in on that one. And I somehow missed it yesterday, and by the time I saw it today, it was all full. So. Whoever got it, congrats. Yeah, it didn't take long. Uh, when you when you see those Nick Foles things come up, they're hard autographs to get, and uh, <clears throat> especially for that good price, and it's a nice piece, and uh, it did not take long, that's for sure. Yep. So, hey, uh, we mentioned the Irish Rover and the ugly sweater. Now, do you have any ugly sweaters, Bill? I'm just wondering. No, I don't own a sweater, Chet. I live in Florida. Okay, yeah. But you've lived in Pennsylvania before, and you come up here, you know, to see your mom and friends. You don't have any kind of a sweater, ugly or not? Chad, I got, I got to tell the truth. <laughs> I came up here this past weekend for a couple weeks, yeah. and I had to buy long sleeve shirts. Oh, my goodness. I don't have a sweater. I didn't have a long sleeve shirt. So the last night before we're, we're leaving, I'm leaving, I uh, have to, me and my wife had to go out and buy Long sleeve shirts. I don't own any. <sighs> you Florida guys. Well, on that note. <laughs> well, you know what that music means. It means it's Fred and Butter Fantasy Football time with our guru, Fred Hugo, back to break down the fantasy football playoffs. Fred, welcome back. Oh, again, the mic wasn't. Usually it goes on by itself, and it hasn't been doing that lately. Fred, oh, how are you? Me that turns it on. Oh, I, I always have a cool intro, and then I have to bring the energy level down. What's up, guys? <laughs> hey, Fred. <laughs> uh, All right, so as we Fred, mentioned, Fred, semifinals time. Are you in the semis in the leagues you're in? How are you doing personally? So I am in one league, I am, and I was eliminated last week with uh, Mr. Mahomes, Actually, I benched Mahomes and I started Cousins, but they both only scored 15, 
just a bad week for me. And the, the starters didn't show up. So I'm 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 alive in one league though. So. All right. So what are you recommending this well, week for uh, everybody? Well, I have to ask. I have to ask a quick yeah. question. Why would you bench Mahomes going to New England with a chance for a shootout up there? Well, I didn't think it, I didn't think it'd be a shootout. I thought they would, and, they, and I was I was right. I mean, he, he only scored 15. He threw a pick. They pretty much kept him under control. I expected Cousins to put up a lot more than 15 against a terrible Detroit Lions defense. Okay. So makes sense. And technically, right. because, because if you look at Mahomes, Mahomes has been score or not Mahomes, um, Cousins has been scoring like 25 to 30 every week the last three weeks. So he he was on a roll. But all right, take it away, Fred. But. This week, there's actually some availability on, on the wa- waiver wire based on matchups this week, which I was very surprised to see. So if you're, um, if you need someone, but so I like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick this week against the New York Giants defense. Uh, Gardner Minshew's a guy you can grab. He has a great matchup against the Raiders defense. He's coming off a bad week, but he's had some some good weeks. And then. Either one, whatever guy ends up starting, Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, I, I, you could start against the Dolphins. Now, that's if you need a quarterback. If you have your starter that you've been using, like like I wouldn't – if you had Mahomes, you'd keep Mahomes in. And, but I'm saying if you got a guy that's injured or, you know, isn't that great, these are options that you may have. Uh, moving to running back, especially if you're in a point-per-reception league, which most leagues are, Austin Scott is a guy you can grab because the Eagles are depleted at wide receiver – and they're probably going to use a similar, you know, way of moving the ball that they did Monday night, especially because the Redskins are the – I think they're the worst or second worst in the league at defending running backs out of the backfield. So, Boston Scott is a guy I would definitely grab. And then also, Miles Sanders, if he's on your bench, I, w- I would start him this week. I also like James White against the Bengals. That's a good matchup. And then I would monitor – um, Jones or Jacoby out, out in uh, the, Ra- the Raiders to see his injury. If not, start DeAndre Washington because that, that's a, a great matchup. Moving to wide receiver, um, Debo Samuel, just he just keeps, keeps scoring. He keeps showing up every week, and the 49ers keep scoring. He's a guy that, that's on 50% of leagues that you could grab, and he's matched up against the Falcons. And then the Eagles secondary, you know, Terry McLaurin, uh, he, he kind of quieted down lately, but he's still getting a ton of targets, and you never know with the Eagles secondary. He's a guy you could start as well. And then moving to tight end, I would stay on that Tyler Higby train I've been talking about. He had another touchdown and 100 yards last week. Um, Everett's out. I would start him. And then also going the Eagles route, since they're so depleted at wide receiver, the Redskins also don't defend the tight end well. You could grab that Joshua Perkins and could start him at wide receiver or tight end and get the same production. So I would monitor who the Eagles end up starting to to make that decision. And then um, uh, defensively, I would go the Eagles defense against the the Redskins because Haskins is not that great of a quarterback. And then the Patriots defense against the Bengals. And that's what I got for this week. One more week left to the championship. Good luck, Fred. All right. Good stuff. All right, time for our picks, our NFC East picks. Chet, how did we do last week? Uh, <laughs> I think the best team in the league lost or something. I'm not sure. Well, Bill, yeah, we had the exact same picks in five <laughs> games last that. week. Yeah, I'll get to that. 
Now, I talked you into adding that game, the 49ers-Saints game. Yeah, I said the Saints were the best team in the NFC. It was a classic game. The Saints seemed to have it in control at various points in the second half. Of course, I made the mistake of picking against the Niners yet again, and San Fran did win that wild game, 48-46. Entertaining game, though, I'll say that. So you guys were both 5-1 and one because of that. I was 4-2. and two. Yep. That means the season standings now have you guys still tied atop the spot uh, the top of the standings at 37 and 21. I have now fallen three games off the pace at 34, 24. But I ain't giving up yet, guys. Just three weeks left to go. All right, here we go. <laughs> Week 15. Let's get it going. Giants host the Dolphins. Giants minus three and a half. Rams visit the Cowboys. It's a pick 'em. Our bonus game is from the AFC with wild card implications. The Bills visit the Steelers. Steelers minus two. And the Eagles visit Washington. The Eagles only minus four and a half in that game. So, Fred, let's get going. Giants hosting the Dolphins. Giants minus three and a half. Giants at home. I don't. I don't know who the quarterback is. I'm just going to go with Fitzmagic here. I, I think. Um, I think the Dolphins can get a win. They're both not very good teams. And I'm. I'm. I have a feeling that that Fitzpatrick's going to throw the ball around a little bit against him. I'm going to go Dolphins. Yeah, like uh, like you, Fred, I have no idea what's going on with the Giants now as far as the quarterback situation, but they're at home. Both teams stink, so go with the home team when in doubt. New York Giants, I'm taking. Well, that's why you're in last place. Uh, the Dolphins are going to come up and win this game because the Giants do stink, and they still stink. All right, Rams, Cowboys, pick them. Who you like? Everyone seems to think the Rams are going to win this game. I think Dallas battles back and gets a W. I, I think the Rams aren't aren't as good as they showed on Sunday night. Maybe they're on a roll, but I think the Cowboys uh, battle back and get a win, so I'm going to take the Cowboys. Uh, the one thing that concerns me is uh, the Cowboys have, you know, a couple of, like, three extra days of rest, really. Dallas played last Thursday. The Rams played a Sunday night game, but... I'm, again, I'm going probably more with my heart than my head. I just want to see Dallas lose, and I think the Rams can win this one. It's a pick em. I'm taking the Rams, darn it. Well, maybe that's not why you're in last place. <laughs> <laughs> I actually – I actually. Basically, you have to like agree you. with Bill on everything. <laughs> no, well, no, not really. Uh, I actually thought the Cowboys were, were a little bit better than they played, and now they're in a bit of disarray. I, I feel like, and uh, I really thought they would step it up last week and come up with a big game, and they laid another egg. I'm I'm going to go with the Rams on the road. It wouldn't surprise me if Dallas wins, but I'm going to go Rams just because Dallas seems like the wheels are falling off. I agree. Right. There you go. Bills, Steelers at Pittsburgh. Steelers minus two. I'm here with the Bills here. I like the Bills. They they hung tough with the Ravens. I think they're a solid team. They're coached well. Good defense. Uh, I, I like the Bills here. I'm going to go Buffalo Bills. I'll tell you, this game is really tough for me. Uh, I wrote down Pittsburgh, and I'm still going back and forth, but since I wrote down Pittsburgh, I'll just stick with it. They're the home team. They're a slight favorite. I hate to root for the Steelers in a situation like this, but I'm going to have to go Pittsburgh. Well, and I – I really like the Bills, but and and this isn't the old Pittsburgh Steelers by any means. But the Steelers no. at home in December are tough. Uh, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh at home, um, just just a just a reach, I guess. There you Eagles go. Eagles visit Redskins. Eagles minus four and a half. 
So, the last two weeks, the Eagles are favored by 9, 10, 11, and they basically almost they almost lose one and they lose the one. <laughs> and now they're Redskins, the line is a little bit more reasonable, a four and a half. They're on the road. I just I, – I don't know what to do here because I don't know what we're going to see. But I just can't see Haskins being able to move the ball on, on this team. I, I It could happen, but I just don't see it happening. He's not a very good quarterback. The Redskins aren't, aren't that good. Darius Geis is out, so they're probably going to rely on Peterson. I'm going to take the Eagles here to win. I think it's going to be close in the beginning, but they'll pull away. I'm going to go Eagles, let's say, 20 to 10. Hmm. Well, it's probably going to be an ugly game. We're used to that with this team. Uh, it's never as easy as it should be, but I will take the Eagles, and I wrote down the score, 24-20, Birds. Wow. Well, a little closer. You you don't have them covering. Interesting. No. I, I, I think the Eagles stopped the run. They put the game in the quarterback's hands. He's not going to be able to do that yet at the NFL level against this defense. And I think the offense will click even with the subs that they have in there. So I'm going 27-13 Eagles. How's that? Go Birds. All right. Go Birds. Before we we let you go, let the listeners know how they can follow you. And I'm going to see you uh, later tonight. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you you can catch me on Facebook. Search Fred Hugo at Instagram and Twitter at Fred Hugo underscore. And then with Edge of Philly Sports, we always do a show at 9.30 on Wednesdays, and we're going to have special guest Bill Furman in the house tonight since he's in Delco. So he'll be in studio tonight so you can catch catch that show and get to see Bill's – Bill. I don't want to say beautiful face, but you get to see face his face. Face for radio. <laughs> face for radio. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, Fred, good deal. We'll see you later uh, tonight, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, sounds good. See you guys. See you, Fred. All right, go Birds. Hey, Chet, uh, great guest tonight and Lou Nolan. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get with Patman. Uh, so who we got coming to the Philly Press Box Radio? We got up the game. Next week, Bill, we're going to talk lots of Eagles football, including a preview of that Week 16 Eagles-Cowboys battle at the link with one of our favorites, one of my personal faves from the 90s, who could probably suit up and help the Birds team right now. Back for a fifth straight year, Bill, a great former Eagles wide receiver, Arkansas Fred Barnett joins us live. Oh, always good to see Freddie. He will be good, and he always likes to talk Cowboys, too. All right, Mr. Chesco, parting shot for you. Uh, We were swamped tonight, Bill, even without our uh, second guest, so there wasn't time to get to everything. That Penn State win over Maryland College Hoops uh, Monday night, let's just mention that Tuesday night, let's just mention that again to tick off Denny. Now, the play of the Sixers of late, yeah, there was that dud last Thursday when they lost to the Bullets, but they then went out and crushed the Cavs and also knocked off a couple of pretty good teams, the Raptors and Nuggets, to stay unbeaten at 13-0. That's a pretty good achievement. More crappy NFL officiating on Sunday, Bill. I'm sure you would uh, like to rail on that. This time it may have cost the Patriots a victory, so it's okay then. Um, baseball's modern era gang decided to add two more members to the Hall of Fame. Labor pioneer Marvin Miller, makes sense, and switch hitting catcher Ted Simmons. He had a 21-year career and a lifetime 285 average. Pretty good, but I'm still not so sure that he's Hall worthy. The good news, Simmons' election very likely improves the chances that Dick Allen finally gets in next year. We hope so 
anyway. And finally, Speedy Morris, the legendary coach, calling it quits. He's at St. Joe's Prep these days coaching uh, there. Speedy Morris at age 77 says this is his final year. He's going to enjoy the rest of his life in retirement. Good stuff. And uh, I wanted to throw out one other thing, Chet. You know, uh, there was a big hullabaloo when Phil Martelli got canned over at uh, Hawk Hill for St. Joe's. And uh, I wonder how that's going for them now that they've started out 2-9 and nine this year and just got completely blown out of not yeah. only the gym at Temple, but completely out of the city last night. Uh, not, a, not a good start for St. Joe's. It's not looking like a, a very good move. In the meantime, Martelli's at Michigan as an assistant up there, and they're rolling. Yep. Yeah, they're probably not real happy on Hawk Hill these days. Wrap it up, Bill. Yeah. All right. We've reached the top of the hour. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Lou Nolan and Fred Hugo, our sponsors, Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoie of Allstate Insurance in Westchester for their continued support of the show. For Jim Chetchesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, December 18th at 7 p.m. You can listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, or you can find our podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spotify, and others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds! E-S-E-L-E-S-E-O!